Chronologically speaking, the ascension of our Lord is the end of Jesus' time on earth. We've been on a chronological journey since the beginning of the church year, the first Sunday of Advent, which was at the start of December. We anticipated the Messiah's coming at that time and celebrated the fact that he came to a woman named Mary and was laid in a manger. He grew into adulthood and was baptized, which we celebrated in early January. Jesus' ministry began in his adulthood, and in the 40 days of Lent, we remembered parts of his ministry that led to his eventual entry into Jerusalem, hailed as a king, his last supper with his disciples, his betrayal, trial, and crucifixion. And then three days later, we celebrated his resurrection from the dead. And in these last 43 days, we have read and remembered the stories of Jesus' post-resurrection ministry, the ways that he came to the disciples and tended to them. Now Jesus, as he ascends into heaven, gives his disciples parting words. Repentance and forgiveness is to be proclaimed to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. Stay here, he tells them, in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The theme of forgiveness is what the Gospel of Luke begins with and ends with. The act of forgiveness reminds us of our common humanity, God's care for each of us, our equal value in the eyes of God. The Song of Mary, known as the Magnificat, is only found in the Gospel of Luke, and it is at the very beginning of the Gospel. Perhaps you remember that Mary sings to the Lord because he has looked favorably on the lowliness of his servant. She goes on to sing, He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. This song of Mary emphasizes that through Christ, God is reordering things. Through Christ, we recognize our equality as God's creation. The poor are no longer a burden to the rich. The rich are no longer a threat to the poor. We are one in God's humanity, equal because God has torn down the hierarchies that entrap us, forgiving us for categorizing ourselves and for categorizing one another, forgiving us so that we are empowered to forgive one another. And then, then we can see that our true identity lies in our shared relationship with God. Luke makes the emphasis of forgiveness again in his version of the Lord's Prayer. In the 11th chapter, we read Jesus' words, And forgive us our sins, he teaches the disciples, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. The language in Luke's Gospel draws our attention to the systemic oppression that is an inevitable part of our common life. There are always those who will be taken advantage of in their indebtedness to the powerful. 
In Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches his followers to recognize their own power over the poor and God's power over the powerful. We ask God to forgive our inability to ever repay God for all that God has done for us. And we ask this out of our commitment to do the same. We ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, we are taught to pray. So please forgive us our sins. Consider the sins that we promote and justify in our culture. Racism, sexism, ageism, various phobias, demonizing of various groups. As people, it is impossible for us to live perfectly without judgment. However, we are quick to forget our wrong judgment. We fail to free people from the bondage in which we've placed them, either as a group or as an individual. Sometimes by our neglect or our apathy or even our unwillingness to find a solution, we inevitably support particular sinful ways. Jesus reminds us that we are in right relationship when we forgive one another. We are in right relationship with God when we are forgiven. Woe to those, he he teaches in Luke's gospel, who fail to let go of what they have or of what they are owed because they will be unable to receive what God has to offer. Now, I want to clarify that this is not about karma. We do not forgive others because we hope that it will come back to us. We are not being generous in forgiveness so that God will recognize our actions and thus forgive us. No, we practice the forgiveness that the gospel calls us into because that is what the gospel calls us into. The only reason that we practice forgiveness is because God tells us to in Jesus. We don't forgive because it is good for our health or because we hope that the goodness will come back to us in this life or even because we want to be rewarded in the next. We forgive out of our love for the one who has forgiven us. We don't hold charges against one another because God does not hold charges against us. We forgive because we love the one who taught us how to forgive and through the Holy Spirit has given us the strength to forgive. So here we are at the end of Luke's gospel. And as Jesus ascends into heaven, he leaves his disciples with words that they need to hear. Repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations. This is the good news. The good news is that we are one in Christ. The hierarchies, the places of power and subjectivity are destroyed. We are not beholden to them. Christ liberates us from the bondage of our place in this life. The wrongs that we practice to keep people down, the wrongs that we practice to raise ourselves up, all of it is forgiven, and we realize that we are secure in Christ. 
united one with another because we are all one in Christ. This is the work that Christ has given us to do. We are to go and liberate people through our words and actions from the power of those things that entrap them. We are to remind them that they are not the sum of their achievements or defined by their failure. We are to remind them that the burdens of life are not always based on justice. We are to remind them that each of us is valuable because God has made us such through God's love for us. The sum of us is found in God's love in Christ. We are defined by God's love in Christ. This work of forgiveness is a messy process and imperfect, but our shared commitment as Christians is to find a way to proclaim forgiveness of sins. And Jesus goes on to say, Stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. We are reminded in this line that we were given the grace of the Holy Spirit in baptism to carry out this important work. In our baptismal covenant, we commit to the work of forgiveness with God's help. And God promises to help. It is only through God's help that we have the strength and clarity to be forgiving people. The grace of the Holy Spirit gives us the clarity we need to see the value in another person beyond that person's place of power or subjectivity. The grace of the Holy Spirit gives us the strength that we need to address systems that keep people in their place. Forgiveness is not just an internal action. Forgiveness has real implications in our shared life. It is the practice of how we care and tend to one another as children of God. We are equal in our value because God has given us our value. God makes us valuable. Such expressions of forgiveness can only be done with the grace of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that empowers us to be forgiving beyond reason, generous beyond fairness. May we, may we find ways to proclaim the good news of God in Christ in ways that reflect the value of us all. Amen.